Hello and welcome to Room Escape Divas, your podcast on everything escape rooms. Today, I am super excited because I have my friends Sen Feng Lim and Jay Cormier. And it sounds like I'm name dropping every time I say that because they're famous in the board game community. But no, they're actually really my friends. And I'm so happy that they're here because we are going to be talking about their latest release, which is the Scooby-Doo Escape Room board game. My name is Errol. I'm Manda. And as we said, we have Sen and Jay. Welcome. Hey, how you doing? Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. So the hardest thing for me will be to not go into reminiscing nostalgia times. We can just get it all because... done with now. No, because it will well, go on we forever. Should, it will. We know how you guys met. It's, it's like part of. We, the we lived in a we lived in a basement together. Mm-hmm. We all did. Yes. We all lived in the same basement together in, in back in the day when we went to university. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's it's funny because Jay said that I knew I, that I've known Jay and Sen, uh, but they met after they met me. Yeah. When did I first meet you, Jay? Uh, through my uh, neighbor in university, uh, Steve. Yeah, through Steve Gordon. Oh, right. Of course. Of course. Yes, that's true. See, I, I, I've forgotten. I know because you've just been part of my life longer than you yeah. have it, right? Now. Yeah. yeah. Right? Wow. That's a funny way to put it. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and I think, you know, I don't, I think I met Sen through other people. I think it was through Peter, a friend of ours, right? Yes. Or no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, did you have a sister who was Asian? <laughs> then you yeah. knew <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I I'm, used to I'm be in the same a cappella group. Yeah. <laughs> and then time. Errol got Sen and I into board gaming. And and then Sen got me more into board gaming, but it was it was via Errol. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was all via Errol. Well, it was funny because Sen went wild. He took the I remember when we first went into board gaming <laughs> and then all of a sudden Sen was was ordering boxes. From Germany. Yes, I, I was. I, I I was also into board gaming, but you know, I, I I only traveled to the cities around me to find obscure board games. But then just went and and ordered them straight from Germany. Well, I and mean, it was... the amount of time that you spent and money that you spent ordering them <laughs> or looking for them in other cities, I just I just saved all that time and spent a lot more money. <laughs> How it works? Oh, that was that's oh. that's true. You wouldn't have had as much ease or as much access to board games as... Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. No, no, no. It and was, they were like, all st- way back in the day. Yeah, and they were all still in German, so we had to go to different websites <laughs> to download <laughs> Wrecked the up board games. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, 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 uh, yes. So funny, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a glorious time. And, and even then, I think I got in trouble. I think I posted a review once, and... The elite people in the board game community didn't like my review. <laughs> Diva for life. <laughs> anyway, are, yes, but it, it's cool because it's interesting because you always see people talk about how can I make a board game, and then they put something together, and then they don't know what to you know, and they're looking for more advice of getting this one board game out. And I've been watching Sen and Jay just play testing and designing board games for years because it's not an overnight success. It's not something that you just do in one week and then all of a sudden your board game's out. 
Although it's really cool now because back in the day when we had to make prototypes, it was it was harder. But now I think it's a bit easier to make prototypes because yeah. there seems to be companies that will do that for you. Yeah, there's a lot of companies like the Game Crafter that you can like spec out stuff and order like a one-off. It's pretty expensive, but you can still do it. Or we just make ours by hand, like paper and paper cutters and cardboard. All the res- resources online about how to play tests and how to make games. And there's, there's so much now. There yeah, is. there's a lot more than there used to be. And both of you, and I know Sen has put out, or sorry, I know Jay has put out his Fail Faster journal. So you know what? Before we go any further, and before I, you know, descend into more, you have the biggest nostalgic smile on your face whenever you talk about it. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> great. I, 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 never ha- I don't get a chance to see Sen and Jay that much. But why don't each of you tell us more about yourselves and your past projects and board games together, and separately as well? All right, go ahead, Jay. All right. Uh, Sen and I started designing. We designed a whole bunch together, uh, including Belford and Akrotiri and uh, Dungeons and Dragons Rock Paper Wizards, which is also with uh, Josh Capel as a co-designer on that, which is funny enough because he was the artist on uh, Belfort, and we became friends with that and then decided to design a game together, so that was neat, and uh, many others. And then I did design a couple. I did design one game on my own, which was uh, called Draw Your Own Conclusions, and I designed one with another design partner called In the Hall of the Mountain King. Uh, mm. And those, those are all just to name a few. And then I, Which is yeah. also with Josh Capel stuff in it. Yeah, art and stuff. That's right, yeah. yeah. And uh, then last year I put together a, uh, a journal called the Fail Faster Playtesting Journal, which guides game designers on how to take the proper notes when they are playtesting. And I gamified it so you get stickers on and everything. It's pretty cool. I put it on Kickstarter. did really well. And then this year... Um, I started my own board game publishing company and put out a game that Sen and I designed called Mind Management based on one of my favorite comics in the last, uh, well, ever, really. But in the last 20 years, probably my favorite comic in the last 20 years. So I'm super excited that uh, I I ended up being the publisher for this amazing game. And we're going to pretty, can't wait to show everybody more about that. And I still have your postcard you gave me, but then I left it at work. (laughs) That's okay. Yeah, you're not going back till December. Now, so hopefully (laughs) we threw it away. (laughs) Yeah, we'll 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 get more. We have more. Um, So I'm Sen Fong Lim, and I helped Jay co-design some of those games. And then, other than that, uh, I've been working with Jesse Wright, who is a fellow Canadian, and we've done the Legend of Korra Pro Bending Arena, Batman the Animated Series. Um, We did games called Mutants and Kingdom Rush, which is based on the app, uh, the tower defense app game of. Uh, known repute, I guess. It's a pretty popular game. And then the other thing that I do a lot of is I write RPGs. So uh, my first full RPG is coming out in July, this year on Kickstarter. It's called Jiangshi uh, Blood in the Banquet Hall, which is about a multi-generational Chinese immigrant family running a restaurant while staving off uh, cheese-sucking vampires. So that'll be fun. Yeah. He's sucking vampires. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they they don't suck blood. They suck out your life force, right? So. Oh. Oh, I thought oh, you said cheese. Oh, I thought you said, oh, I, oh. I thought you said uh, cheese. And I'm like, no. That is an interesting premise. A little bit of Gouda or some, some <laughs> Jarlsberg, perhaps. Fresh out of that. Yeah, you said life oh, force. I wow. still thought, like, well, I guess cheese is life in what a way. Cheese is life. <laughs> it's not much call for it around here. <laughs> <laughs> Cheddar. Uh, yeah, and so that'll be coming to 
to Kickstarter in July. And uh, I've done a lot of work on other RPG systems. So lots of writing for, you know, kids on bikes and stuff like that. So just, yeah, around, around the business and tabletop, anything analog, I, I really enjoy. I don't mind digital, but I, I really like it when it's paper and pencil based, apparently. That's really cool. So now that we have a great intro, can you explain more about the latest? Because this board game just released mm-hmm. not too long ago. Yeah, it's called Scooby-Doo Escape from the Haunted Mansion. Um, and it's a escape room in a box. So it's a one-time playthrough kind of a, a game. But even, uh, it does have uh, two acts to it. So you can do two sittings and play uh, over two nights. Or if you want to sit down through the whole thing, it's going to be about three hours. You can, you can do it in one sitting if you'd like. Um, yeah, that's, uh, uh, the pitch in one, one blurb. Yeah. It's about, uh, it might, the MSRP is probably about twice as much as other escape room in a box <laughs> games, but you get at least twice the amount of time and it's a lot more immersive. So, um, I don't know, man pants, if you played these games, but I for sure know that Errol did because he played them right next to me in our other house in uh, in Hamilton, where we played things like, you know, Space Quest and King's Quest. And- oh, my goodness, yes. Oh, and, yes. And, oh, and Jay really likes this one, you know, Fate of Atlantis mm. and Monkey <laughs> Island. <laughs> and all those games. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So point and click adventures. Um, and so this is where Jay and I sort of said, what if we made an escape room that was a point and click adventure type thing? And Really, that's where we got the the uh, inspiration. Yeah, that's the crux of it. Because in the other escape room in a box style games, you're not really anybody. You're you're just people playing this thing that you spread out stuff on a table. Uh, but because all the games in the Crotoconical series will be uh, linked to an intellectual property, such as Scooby Doo, or the next one's The Shining, and the next one is a that I can't say yet. Uh, and one past that is uh, so each of them has multiple characters and we thought it'd be really really cool if you could use each character for what they're actually good at in the story so jay what do the people in scooby-doo have to do well it, like so if we just took a look at the characters well uh, Errol's not even going to be able to ask any, or Manpants are not going to ask any questions. We'll just kind of keep talking. Um, when we first got the... Uh, uh, She's used to me, so it's all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When we first got the offer to make this game, a uh, Scooby-Doo game, we kind of had to figure out what, what would you want to do if you were playing a game with Scooby-Doo? And we realized pretty quickly that people are going to want to play as Scooby-Doo and the gang. You couldn't be anybody, like, couldn't be anybody. So, so therefore, we needed, okay, we need all these characters. Then we said, well, if every character has to be in it, how do we, is it going to be some sort of turn base? And like, is there people, you know, and then we figured, no, with the age group that probably is going to be appealing this with families and whatnot, uh, that might be too weird and complicated and like, oh, you didn't do it in the right order. And, and so we're like, okay, that's where we came up with Sensang is this kind of point and click adventure. And so basically you put a verb and action on each of the characters. And so if you want to like investigate something, you put Velma in front of something and she'll she investigate has a number, which I think is one. And you put that in front of a three digit number that's littered throughout all the pictures and maps and all stuff like that. And you can investigate that thing. Oh. But if instead you'd rather see Shaggy eat that thing, 
Shaggy <laughs> loves eating. You put a two and his 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 figure in front of a, uh, that same three-digit number and see what happens when he tries to eat that thing. And then Scooby can smell and Daphne can use things. She's always the one that pulls the lever, if you remember. And <laughs> Fred uh, can uh, research and then something else that's more of a secret. Rip off a mask. Kind of. <laughs> Rip off a mask. Yeah, he's the one that always like rips the mask yeah. off, right? Yeah. It's just his only So it's know. almost like seeing that that King's Quest interface, except instead of the yeah. symbols of the hand or something, you just see the characters' faces instead for everything that they can do. Yeah, they have actual tokens, like actual pawns that you move around, and it's got the, the number on the bottom, like flat on that lays flat on the board. Now you mentioned earlier, and I'm gonna just bring this up because you mentioned this is part of a series that it's it's with whom? The op. USA Opoly is now called The Op. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, so then you, you plan on, for example, you're putting out The Shining. That'll be interesting. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And then Super different. interesting. Yeah, and then different. other properties. Yeah. So that's like, wow, you have a, so that's, so the great thing is that people enjoy the Scooby-Doo game and maybe the similar style because you'll be designing it. I'm assuming you're designing all of them or maybe not. I don't know. I don't, maybe I shouldn't assume too many. So, so far. So far, so far yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great. And then you can... So what was it like designing this game? Because, like, for in regards to escape rooms and puzzles... Now, I know this answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Like, you know, like, when it comes to puzzle design, there's there's all sorts of things. I know there's more to an escape room board game than just puzzle design, so I'm not saying that's the only thing. But, you know, when it comes to puzzle design, what kind of experience do you bring from that, with that? Well, I'll say that... Um one of the key things we learned early on is that we, we can't throw everything at the players and we had to, we had to do some sort of scaffolding. We had to, we had to ease the players into how to play the game. And so very quickly we realized if we had all the characters available to us right at the beginning, it would really be kind of confusing and directionless and you would try everything with every character and it would be maybe frustrating, like take too long. So the story starts with just like every Scooby-Doo story. Your van breaks down. Hey, there's a mansion over there. Maybe they can help <laughs> us out. <laughs> Let's go ask them. And they go in there. And within uh, the, the opening narration, uh, the lights go out. When they come back on, everybody's missing except for Velma. And Velma's by herself. So you just play as Velma, walking around investigating things until you find another character. And then you slowly get all the characters together. And you, it's just a great way to kind of le- learn because then you get the next section to learn, oh, well, how does this character work? And you can kind of go revisit some of the other stuff. Like, oh, what happens if he put, bring this other character back to these other rooms and see what happens? So going back, um, I'm going to go back a, a bit because I, I love the idea of, of having different characters being able to do and interact with different things in different ways. It sounds like a lot of variables though. So how do you, how did you kind of control that without letting it balloon into something humongous and unwieldy and uh, way too much to design? A very big spreadsheet and play <laughs> testing. That's yeah. really, that's really kind of it. Well, and there's two two more things to that, Sen. One would be the what we just talked about now, where you slowly get more characters. That kind of yep. helps us not balloon too fast. And then there is um, two acts. And once we get to act yeah, sure. two, um, you can't access anything from act one anymore. <laughs> and so it kind of closes that off. Uh, and that was a 
on purpose decision for us for that very reason. Because we had to be like, okay, now what happens if this character now comes back for no reason, but comes all the way back to this room to do something? Do we have to redo this and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it was starting to get kind of out of control and how many things we'd have to do. Because, and maybe we haven't even explained exactly what happens, but each of <laughs> oh, the no, characters- Oh no, don't spoil it. <laughs> no, 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 not no, what no, happens. The mechanics. Mechanics. Yeah. Each of the characters has um, their own narration guide. So one of, there's five narration guides. And so when you go to investigate with Velma, the, you know, armoire, then it'll, you put the one in front of the, say, two, three, four. So then you look up one, two, three, four in her narration guide. And in her voice, it'll be a quote like, Jinkies, this looks blah, blah, blah. And she'll, and you get to read this out to everybody. And that's one of the best parts about this game is everybody loves all the voices from Scooby-Doo. So everyone, when, when playtesting, is doing the voices of all these famous characters. And, uh, by the end, I, I'll let Sen tell the pretty biggest kudos we got with regards to the writing, how much writing we had to do for it, and the quality of the writing. Yeah, it was a lot of writing. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> no, like a I lot bet. of writing, um, yeah. I mean, it's probably it's fortunate a lot of writing. that you know Scooby-Doo, because imagine if it was like oh, uh, yeah. an IP you had no idea about, then that'd be hard. We wouldn't do it. <laughs> we probably wouldn't do it. They, yeah, they ask us if we we're interested, and so far yeah. we're four for four. Yeah, and I mean, there's a fifth one that we that I would have loved to do that somebody else did, but never went anywhere. So I'm hoping we get to do that sometime because I love that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I love that IP. Um, but uh, the the best thing that we heard was as the licensor, so Warner Brothers was playing it because uh, they are the license holders for Hanna Barbera and stuff like that, and they were playing it, and they're like, oh. Where'd you get? Which story is this one from? Which episode is this game from? And they're like, "This sounds exactly like something that uh, you know was on television." They're like, "Nope, <laughs> we wrote that." <laughs> and so it was just a really big, big deal for us as writers to say we can write something that is very, very, very on point and characterized to Scooby Doo and everybody else. I think the only thing we missed, Jay, I was thinking about it. Uh, we we missed Velma losing her glasses. That was... <laughs> no, I remember. We talked about that, and there was yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pile. That'd be hard. Yeah, yeah. That was like the one trope that we lost <laughs> uh, in the in the thing. <laughs> but the... and then she yeah, and then uh, but the uh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna mention something in regards to Manpan's earlier question about how you design and put everything together. I remember back in the day, you used to have a forum, and you had like five people on this forum and it was just filled filled with ideas and play tests and and i don't know if you still do that but you know not as much anymore i mean it still lives there but um google docs has replaced a lot yeah. of that just because it's it's there and you work in it and there's no like constant like a huge 17 page thread it's like maybe a, a seven page document that just keeps getting revised instead so mm. Um, we find that easier. And, it was good for the time. Yeah, and Jay actually, when Jay moved, all of a sudden he, he can't get on the the forum anyways. Yeah, it's so oh, frustrating. Some weird thing with Telus. I don't know. It works out from his phone, but it doesn't work from his internet. Oh, my computer, computer. Oh. It won't allow me on that site. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Yeah. yeah it's really so, anyways, Google yeah. Docs is no, our friends. Yeah, Google Docs. I use Google for Docs for all our design stuff as well. No, totally. Yeah, makes sense. and then the other thing that we can do with that is we can we can let the the publisher have access to that and. They get to read it and make changes if they need to. They don't normally do that because it messes with the system. But uh, yeah, so it allows us to keep track of lots of stuff. So designing it is hard. But uh, even the current one, like we're working on one right now where we have to kind of lay everything out. 
And movies are harder than television shows because television shows was like any episode could be a thing, right? And you can just make up something and it's, oh, that could have been an episode. Mm-hmm. But with a movie where there's only one movie, let's say there's only one Shining movie. Uh, this is what happened. This is what happened. And that's all that ever happened and nothing else ever happened. So how do you make a game around that without playing just through the story of The Shining? And then people know, well, obviously they go there next because that's what happened in the movie. So, but without also making uh, a brand new room in the hotel. Yeah. Uh, then they go to the swimming pool. What do you at the mean? Hotel. Though, they never went to the swimming pool. In the <laughs> There's movie, still Jay. swimming pool. The <laughs> overlook. Yeah. Well, I mean, there might be, but we just never got to see it. Yeah, exactly. It was filled with blood at the time. So, yeah. I mean, whole game set in the swimming pool. All the locations you didn't get to see in the movie. <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Yeah. It's super tricky. I, maybe we come back on and talk about that because that, that when that comes out, because that's that was a lot of cool. Play challenges as the there. one ghost that, that missed hard. everything, and then just you know. Yes. <laughs> well, least of which was the fact that nobody in the entire world, not even Stanley Kubrick himself, could agree on what the actual map of the Overlook Hotel mm. looks oh. like. Yes. <laughs> Like nobody in the it world. It was horrible. But we were tasked with making it. It was horrible, horrible, oh, horrible. Great. <laughs> like we literally had to make it because that's what the that what happens when you as you play the game you start with one kind of room and as you get to a new room you lay out new map tiles and you kind of create the same with Scooby Doo you create the map of this place as you play and so we had to do that for Shining but we there was nobody in the world not even Warren Brothers nobody knew what the map looked like so we had. We asked them, like, can we make it up? And they're oh, like, yeah, so sure. In <laughs> other words, eventually, it will be canon. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to make canon, wow. ours canon is, maps. Ours is canon ours now. Canon. <laughs> <laughs> it's and then, canon. It is now. There you go. You'll, be, you'll be quoted in future Shining um, books. I doubt Conspiracy it. Conspiracy yeah. documentaries. Like, you know, this is the only map that we ever have uh, found of yeah. the outlook. Yeah. Anyway, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's so So funny. did you run into so any funny. challenges... When you were creating the Scooby-Doo game. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of challenges. Uh, not mechanically like that. But the challenges that happen in all of these games is really a question of, you know, is that puzzle, A, interesting and fun, B, harder than, you know, we think it is? Because we think every puzzle is not that hard. Because we made it. So it's oh, like, oh. It'll look, be hard. That's the answer right Trust there. Trust me. It'll be hard. Just open the Pandora's oh, box of Errol Rants. Now, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think, because Scooby-Doo is kind of made for children and families, I don't think it's like Errol and Man Pants level of difficulty, but there, there were definitely times when like, we're watching the playtesters and we're just going, why are they doing this? <laughs> Like, what is leading them to do any of this stuff that they're I doing? Think that and all the apparently, time. we didn't clue very Don't well. Don't you worry. And and did you in the playtesting, like, when you were like saying why do you, why are they doing this? Was there like a pattern where like uh, several groups would do the same weird thing, and you'd have to try and figure out what on earth triggered that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah if there was there was one puzzle in particular middle of the game that just kept we had to keep tweaking and either simplifying or changing to a certain degree because it just it wasn't clicking right so i think i hope i think we got it by the end obviously that's but that's what playtesting yeah to try to figure out how do you make it grokkable how do you make it so that they not that that's easy but they get it or there is at least an aha or at least when yeah. they understand you're like oh i get and it and that they feel clever when they get it they don't just get it and yeah. say like that was simple it it has to be something that they burn a little bit of of brain power on to to get and so we just One didn't of, see it until <laughs> One of the challenges we had with the making the game is that because everybody had their own verb um investigate 
was high in demand because you want to kind of look at everything, investigate, like look closer at everything uh, before you do anything else usually. So uh, Velma's book was really thick. And then through other reasons, Fred's book was really thin. And so it was actually the op that was kind of requesting, like, can we mix this up somehow? And so that was a challenge we had to overcome and figure yeah, out. Yeah, midway how do we through. Spread out. <laughs> you made way through, like, it was all designed. Like, the game was fully designed. And we had to, like, oh, okay, so how do we how do we do this now? And so we had to tweak a little bit to the story, but also um, balance it out so that it was the Velma show. And we had to make sure everyone else, else had their I own mean, Velma. legit, it is the Velma show. Not not yeah. not the game, but I mean Scooby Doo. Oh really yeah, the Velma totally. Show. Yeah, Velma. Well, if you were going to be stuck in a haunted mansion with like escape room type thing, she's the one character you'd choose on your team. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. So <laughs> uh, the other difficulties I think were there wasn't any limitation on license. There wasn't anything like that that was hard. Originally, we wanted to have an actual um, yeah. mystery machine that you put together, like you would find in envelopes pieces of the mystery machine. Oh, that'd be cute. And then you would actually snap together, but that drove the price up to a price that they weren't comfortable with. Yeah. So. We wanted to make it something a little bit different than, you know, um, all the other ones where you play it and you destroy part of it and you throw it out. Um, like I have like four decks of unlocked boxes over there, or um, escape, whatever, the Cosmos ones. Exit. 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 Yeah, they're, yes. they're right there. And they're, it's like, oh, we'll never use those again. Um, whereas the unlocked ones with the apps, I, I find those ones decent. Uh, but because they're limited by card all the time, they just seem kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just find them limited. And then this one, the nice thing about ours is that we designed it so that nothing gets destroyed. Um, you can put everything back in the box you can hand it off to another person to play. You can, you know, upcycle it. You can give it away. Whatever you want. You can put it in a library and many people could play it. And so the nice thing about that from our perspective is that hopefully more people will actually play it. Um, and then they'll buy the next one or the one after that. When an IP comes along that day, like, oh, yeah, that's my jam. I'm a big, you know, I'm going to name something that we don't have. X-Men fan. And there's an X-Men uh, escape room and the danger room. Oh, I can make that one, right? That, that'd be cool. Um, then that becomes a game that they would buy because they understand the Crooked Chronicles um, idea. And the mechanical yeah, stuff. And so you point sorry, out something cool. It's called yeah. Coded Chronicles? That's yeah. the series? Yeah. 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 And the reason why is because everything is numerical based. So it's like a choose-your-own-adventure book with... Um, Point and click. Point and click and par like paragraph style, like almost like imagine if you were playing uh, Tales of the Arabian Nights, but it made sense. <laughs> oh, I hate that game. I Sorry. love it. <laughs> I have it. I don't care if everyone else hates it. I'm out of game. date. <laughs> oh no no no! I mean, you can like it for what it is. It's just, it's oh, not. No. Errol Errol hates randomness and and pure luck things. No no no! I don't hate randomness and pure luck things. I hate. Sorry, it. it's more along the lines that it didn't matter what you did. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't game. matter at all. That no. that game is hilarious because of yeah. that. But <laughs> you have you have to want that, and I almost never want that. So that I guess that is one thing that is a limitation of the style that we did it in is that it is it's not necessarily on rails, but it's very guided. Like like you have to solve puzzle. A and B before you can go to puzzle C in a lot of cases. There may be some places where there's parallel puzzles going on in the same area, but... 
but that allows us to do some nice gatekeeping so that um, you don't get uh, inundated with like 12 different puzzles or six or whatever different puzzles and you can't put them all to figure out which goes with which puzzle. The, the gatekeeping allows us a, to make sure that you solve X amount of puzzles, one or two puzzles before getting to the next. And B, it gives you that sense of progression and success. So you're like, hey, we're doing it. We're on the right track. Let's go to the next bit. And the story has and to it's make not sense. To say, yes. And it's not to say that we don't leverage or use uh, other things again, which we definitely try to do all the time. Yeah. So the story, the story mode of it uh, makes for a really in- entirely entertaining read. Um, and that's the thing that you don't get in a lot of the other boxed sets where you'll want to explore everything because the writing is pretty fun and because the writing is interesting it it's also has to be a little bit linear that if if you go back later and you already had it you've already done that and we wrote something in there about you know you see a you know a, a knife on the table what if you already have the knife is there another knife on the table so that's all you have to like gate and say nope can't go back Whereas a lot of the other things, like I found, I found in even the exit series, right, with some of the clues, it's like I've already done that. Why is that a clue, right? So there, there's there's parts in there that because it's card based and analog, you have to limit it somehow. You have to gate it somehow. And so ours is story driven and story based. And so there's going to be some stuff that you can't go back to, and it, it just has to be that way. You- but the the big the big. Errol, you don't have a chance to talk in this. This is a synergy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. The big, <laughs> uh, the big benefit here with the the narration of this whole thing, that it's so focused on a narration, is that uh, it solves one of the biggest problems and challenges I find with all escape room in a box games, and and that is, w- who made these puzzles? <laughs> not, not, not from a designer perspective, like what designer? I'm talking about in the yes. world of this game. Who made them? Like, why is this here? That, that's why is that's this not here? just an escape room in the box problem. That's just is an it? escape exactly. room problem. <laughs> so by by adding the narration to it, we are we are able to tell you that we're able to explain like why this is like locked like this, or why that you can't proceed until this is done, and that that to me is the biggest benefit of the uh, Code of Chronicles. Series. Yeah, I mean, at least it's 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 got somewhat of a logic to it, right? A lot of it's it very does, good, yeah. and then it, some of it might be a little it loose, gets, but whatever. It, get, it got a lot harder for The Shining, I tell you that much. But, oh, I uh, bet. Actually, still, I found The Shining easier. In one it's way, from it's that because perspective. because ghosts! Yes, well, actually, you're, <laughs> a little you're bit. entirely right. There, There is a lot well, where the ghosts the, are helpful. <laughs> yeah, that, and in the book, the, they actually say that the, the hotel itself has The Shining. And so there is potential that the, shi- the hotel itself doesn't want you to leave. Yeah. I think back in one of our episodes, we covered that whole mimetic and diegetic concept because it is hard to it is hard to justify why are there puzzles here, you mm-hmm. know? And and it's and it and it is a it is something that we for all of my events, it's always just crazed inventor. That's pretty much the reason. Why. <laughs> eccentric, eccentric yeah, millionaire the, or yeah, crazed all just inventor. The Riddler, and that's yeah. that's really just the easiest way to do it. Well, yeah. you know, it's it's like in video games where, you know, you just start to s- sort of stop questioning why are all these conveniently placed boxes around for me to hide behind when people are shooting at me in this one area, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's always going to be something that Look, like doesn't make sense. There's paint on the rock. That means I can climb yeah. it. Great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be an expert rock climber now, based. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, it is. And it's colored yellow. It's yeah. true, though, that uh, that a lot of the escape room board games, not very many of them have a narrative or they, they just have a loose theme. And yeah. I think the later games are trying to improve on that. Like, so Unlock and with Deckscape and with the Exit series, although I can't remember uh, off the top of my head. The me. Exit series, I really liked the murder on the, yes. uh, on the yeah. train one. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but and it was a trick. I think one of the very first games that did attempt to actually try to have a narrative would have been the Escape Through Think Fun games, like Stargazer's yes, yeah. Manor Stargazer's and Manor. the other ones. But then after that came all the card games, and those were more quick, right? So that had less of a story and more of just burning through puzzles. So speaking speaking of all of those those games, so before... I can't. I'm sorry. I can't remember. Was is Scooby Doo the first escape room in a box you guys have designed together? Yes. Yeah. Uh, for retail, yeah. yeah, I designed one for corporate um, training bef- uh, as well. But well, cool. It's the first one for retail. Yeah. 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 So in in the process of like before before you guys designed that this, um, had you played many escape rooms in a box before? Was it like a big a big research period where you just binge through a bunch of them to get an idea of what they involved? Uh, not necessarily binge, but I've, des- I've definitely had a sampling of all of them. I, don't, I definitely haven't gone through all of them, though, but I've played one in all of the series. Yeah, I'm going to ask yeah, a question that we're not going to put on the podcast. So I'm not going to ask a question. I'm just going to bring this up because I found it interesting. Jay <laughs> and Sen were actually first asked to do the early Think Fun games, right? Yeah, It's true. But this yeah, one, I mean, I yeah. don't know if you're allowed to say that, so we don't have to include this, but I'm just... Well, it doesn't... I don't think it matters. We were asked about, like, hey, can you think of turning an escape room into a board game? And at the time, it didn't exist, so we we had questions like, well, the only way we could think about doing it is that, like, you could only play it once. Is that something you'd be interested in? And she's like, I don't know, maybe, but we didn't think that they would or something, so we didn't put a ton of effort towards yeah. it, because we were, like, trying to think of how can you make it replayable? With puzzles, oh yeah, we, just, we, we have a whole, whole thread on that somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> and that's like so we didn't yeah. we didn't put anything forward for that one, and that's like the holy grail for escape rooms in general. How do you make it replayable? So, oh wow, because yeah, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> you'd lose you'd lose the funness of the puzzles because it, it you know what I mean? It'd be like oh it's just this puzzle, but now it's in a different pattern. You yeah, have it's to like make or X four E three instead of. 3, 4, X, Y, or whatever. Yeah, But it's the same puzzle, yeah, also so you wouldn't get the hard. same aha. Yeah. And it makes it hard if you're in a, in, a, in a city that has a lot of escape rooms. Why do a replayable escape room if there's just a brand new one that you can do otherwise? So, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Man Pan. No, no, but, no. Uh, I was just wondering, yeah, like your experience with escape rooms and, and escape rooms in boxes before you started doing this one, and if you enjoyed them, or if you gained a new appreciation for them after having designed this. I like them uh, for what they are. I I find myself not as engaged in the story. The puzzles are fun. Um, And so that's the thing. I wanted something with story. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. I got annoyed with some of them that broke the fourth wall and required you to use parts of the packaging (laughs) to solve puzzles. And I'm like, that, it makes no sense. Like, why, who... How does that factor into the... You know, from a puzzle perspective, cool. But from the story perspective, it bothered me. Mm-hmm. There are many things that bother me about a lot of those games. But I know... It's, it's funny. When you talk to Sen, and we talk about because he has his own... Actually, does Jay also have a podcast slash thing? I don't know. No. I don't think so. No, Sen he has does his vi- own. He does videos for how to be a publisher. 
Yes, yes, that's yeah. true. He has his blog for how to publish games and how to uh, create games. And I know Sen has his his podcast about the Meeple de Syrup designer. <laughs> yeah, wow. the Meeple Syrup Show. Yeah. Best friends, best friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was even on it. Anyway, he's a diva about board games. Like, I'm a diva about Escape Room. Yeah. So it's it's like, you know, the rants that he goes on, it's hilarious. I'm cause... a little less ranty than you. <laughs> <laughs> little less ranty. I am a... <laughs> I am a diva when it comes to puzzle design. You really, it really is are. true. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think a lot. Of, I mean, I've mentioned this before. I hate it when all of a sudden they set up patterns and they tell you rules to how to play the game. And then in order to solve the puzzle, you have to break the rules. But they don't indicate that anywhere. And it just drives me insane. It's like, look, <laughs> look, if you have a clever way of telling me how to break the rules so that I can solve the puzzle, then I'll go, oh, wow, that's amazing. But if it's just like you just have to... Yeah, anyway, let's not go there. <laughs> Cut yourself that, off. That, that, yeah. that, that is the hard part is um, because the escape room in a boxes don't have like a controller outside the room to like say, hey, psst, you're doing that wrong or whatever. Um, that is one thing that we tried to build a cluing system in uh, and I mean, we'll hope that people use it if they, they like it. Um, it. It does cost you a Scooby snack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true. Street. No, I believe you. Yes. <laughs> oh, that is, that's something else that, uh, you know, we should let you guys know is that the games aren't timed. So most of the other games, uh, whether they're in a, a room or whether they're boxed, are typically timed because that was the that was the I guess the the whole ethos of escape room is you got to get out in forty five minutes so that we have fifteen minutes to reset it so another group can come in uh, from a business perspective and then it was just carried through into board games um, because there's something about solving puzzles under pressure which is interesting I suspect but because ours is so narrative rich and we spent an awful lot of time writing and we'd like people to read it. Um, <laughs> We said, hey, no time limit. And it it was actually through the playtesting yeah. where we found that pe- they would solve a puzzle, but then they would keep going because they were like, oh, let's see what happens when Shaggy tries to eat this. Oh, let's see what happens when Scooby wants to smell it. And like, guys, you solve it. Move on. No, no, I want to see what happens. It's funny. That That's absolutely true. Like whenever I do my presentations or anything, uh, I think every challenge to narrative in escape rooms is that darn timer because people become goal focused at that point. Yeah. And so unless your narrative ties directly into your goal, it's hard to get people to pay attention to that or play around. I even have the same problem when I'm actually in an escape room. There are fun things I want to do, but then, I mean, it's, it's kind of nice when I'm, because I'm an enthusiast and we, we tend to solve it quickly because we just don't been so many. That means that gives us the chance to play in an escape room. But when we don't have that chance, then it's kind of doesn't make it fun anymore because now we can't play. Now we can't let, uh, you know, Scooby just smell everything. Smell it! Mm-hmm. Smell it! <laughs> Lick it! Yeah, my favorite is Shaggy and the fact that he can eat anything. That's, so that's you, brilliant. Let's go eat that couch and see what happens. <laughs> I mean, he, he'll can, have he a, can't eat it. He can try. He won't eat it, but <laughs> he try. he'll have a comment, but like, I'd rather eat a hamburger or like whatever he says. It's just, it's some uh, fun line and dialogue. Yeah. And so we, we, I mean, we hope that people, even if they play through it maybe once or twice, that they'll get some new dialogue if they play it again, right? So it is, like I said, totally 
pack upable. You can just it. We actually have a guide as to you know this is where everything goes once you're done, mm-hmm. um, because we know that it's something that if somebody spent you know twenty five bucks on it or however much it costs, that they will want to maybe give it to somebody. To uh, I, I I got a gamer here and it's got I want to say it's got uh, uh, eight sealed envelopes. Ooh. I know I'm showing showing. And so what's cool about the envelopes is that it's it's not just like cards, it's stuff. There's components and pieces and and puzzly bits and tact- we, we had a real strong mission to make uh, an, enough of the puzzles tactile and not just visual. Yes. So we wanted people to be moving things. And then we had another mission where we wanted to have make, ensure that multiple people were engaged at the same time. And it wasn't just a little solitaire. I'm doing this little puzzle by myself and I'll show you when I'm done. Mm-hmm. And it might have one or two of those, but we want, our mission was to try to make sure that a uh, majority of the puzzles were, were engaging the entire table. So those were kind of our two overarching... Uh, missions while we're designing it mm-hmm. yeah there are not too many games out there that have the tactile aspect because a lot of them are the are the card games right but yeah. then you have yeah. uh, escape room in the box the werewolf experiment and their flash sorry whatever flashback game yeah wild optimist games which was kind of nice because it's one of the few that actually has that tactile aspect yeah, it was, to it the, the, the werewolf one's interesting because a lot of the parts are like you know where can we get we can get a thousand of those from alibaba okay let's do that then and that's that's kind of how it sourced out the parts. It's interesting. <laughs> but even there, it's like so close to being very thematic, and then it still had like, I'm like, what is? Th- why is this? And why is that? I'm like, ah, so close. Had some good. It was is probably one of the closest in terms of story and narration. Yeah. Um, and it was yeah, it's true. And nice. it's like one of the earlier ones as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was almost. It seemed when the card games came out, the the story aspect and the interest, you know. To start churning them out, they you had they sacrificed a lot of other other things. Yeah, like quality and love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know. So Errol might rant for longer, but you cut right to the chase. <laughs> yes, I slice I'm, no, I'm known to be pithy, pithy and witty, and to the point. Um, here's here's some other kind of behind the scenes information about how this worked is so usually when Sen and I as designers get signed to make a game uh, they sign our game and then sometimes we never hear from them again until the game is ready to come out sometimes they'll involve us and kind of show us how things are going and what, but that's kind of we're just kind of on the sidelines after a game is signed for this one it worked differently because uh, the art for a game and when you're talking about puzzles um, is very integral to the design process so we our contract stipulated that we actually had to find the art- artist and the op gave us money to then pay the artist and we managed the artist and the, the entire process so that we could, they didn't want to be the in-between person where they would guide somebody, an artist to do something and then come back to us and we were like, no, that's not the right red because it has to be a red, not a burgundy because that one puzzle says and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So we had to work very closely with the artist to make sure that the um, everything was adhered right to the puzzles and plus, there's some actual a- aspects of some of the puzzles where the artists got to contribute to making a puzzle harder or easier mm. based on how they drew things. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. And then you also probably had to find an artist that could draw the Scooby-Doo gang. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's it was a bit of a challenge, too, but we lucked out with uh, Rob Lundy. He He's done a bunch of art for board games, 
and uh, he's an animator in Ottawa, oh. and so he's that's that's kind of what he does, and he's very versatile. And he showed us some character stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, that's exactly a Scooby. <laughs> oh, that's Doo brilliant! Perfect. So you didn't like have to like yeah. audition people. It's like, no, that doesn't look no, like I mean, Scooby Doo at all. It looks we like looked Snoopy. at you know a bunch of yeah <laughs> Snoopy. We <laughs> <laughs> on that note. So like you were mentioning, like obviously this is this is an IP that you're adapting, like that you're adapting yeah. for a board game and you, and you have ex- a lot of experience doing that. So what are some of the differences in design when, when you have an IP, like s- some of it seems obvious, like, but you know, I'm just wondering if you can expand on that a bit. Sure. There's a, there's a lot that you get. Um, so depending on, on what style it is, like, so something like that has a storied a history as Scooby-Doo does it has a whole style guide. So we have this, like, I think it's like 800 megabyte PDF. It's huge mm-hmm. of like textures and colors. I know what, I know what Pantone <laughs> color Scooby-Doo's tongue is. <laughs> <laughs> this is important. Literally it was was <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. So it's literally going to say, yeah, the same we, <laughs> we know way too much about Scooby-Doo, um, but it's great because that gives us something. So the, like, uh, actually Rob never drew the characters, but he all, he drew all the, all the, N- the NPCs. Yeah, the non-player characters, and he drew the uh, layouts and backgrounds, so they look like they're like a background from Scooby-Doo. So we have like a whole style guide that has assets and colors and fonts, like we can't use certain fonts and all this sort of stuff. And and, and on that end, we were so close. We really wanted to have that brick wall where one brick is yeah, a yeah, different yeah. color. <laughs> I was going to mention that earlier when Errol started talking about paint on the rock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But we like it's just it was just too easy and obvious, so we couldn't figure out how to do yeah. it. <laughs> and then, um, then the uh, the other ones. So other ones have nothing. Some IPs have nothing because, especially if they're human actors, you may actually not get license to use their face. So if you've ever seen our Godfather game, um, Jay has it back there. But it, it just has, you know, the logo because the only thing we actually had rights to use were the logo. And Marlon Brando's silhouette. Mm. <laughs> That's oh, wow. It. Yeah, because Marlon Brando's estate owns his actual face, right? So right. could you have different Marlon Brando silhouettes, like profile? <laughs> the, no, just the one. Just, just the, the one. one. <laughs> So you could that one that's the famous I, one. The, yeah, the iconography. Did you just draw like a, a face on that silhouette yourself, Noah? You could. you could. That'd be funny. No, but that goes into when we do The Shining. We don't ha- we don't have rights for anybody there, yeah. with the exception of, of Danny Lloyd, the the kid. Yes, because for some reason the kid was not smart was enough yeah. to to uh, monetize his visual rights. Oh wow! That's right. So you that's could just yeah. use his face everywhere. Just yeah, use the no. screwy cross-eyed thing he does halfway yeah. through. Well, there already is. If you notice, there already is a shining game out, and I believe he's on the cover. Oh yeah. wow! Or the, sitting on the carpet. Yeah. The uh, it's 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 just interesting what you can and can't use. So that was a real challenge for Rob. He came up with a great way of doing it, uh, where it's silhouettes. Huh? Interesting. In the shine. In the shine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silhouettes. I wonder if that. Yeah. It's yeah. Kind of cool. Funny. <laughs> Shades of uh, Godfather. I did what about not... the twins? Can you use them? You see them all the time. They're not twins. Yeah. They're not twins. The sisters. Sorry. They're sisters. They're sisters. Oh, they're in it. They're in it. You but better you, believe you, they're you in could, it. We couldn't use their likenesses. Ah. Uh... Yeah. I, so that when... wasn't even something I even considered. That somebody's face in a movie. 
Like, yeah. I, I think for in my mind, it's like, oh, yeah, it's, you get the rights to the movie, you get the whole thing. Nope. It's like, no, no, no not And the at thing all. is, like, I mean, like, we if we used stills from the movie, that would have been probably fine. But A, I, I hate stills. And mm. uh, B, it's a yeah. movie from, like, the 70s and 80s. It's, it's not, it does not look good um, in terms of resolution, right, for art. And then, oh, so other IPs that we've worked with in the past, um, just uh, there's some strange things out there that they will and won't let you do. So, for example, uh, Godzilla, if you ever work with Godzilla, you can't make Godzilla talk or kill people. <laughs> those are two or, very or anti-ethical people? people. Yeah, those are two very thing, okay. not Godzilla things to do. He could eat a bus that is implied that it's full of people, but you can't show or draw people that in that bus while he's eating yes. it. Oh, or crush or crushing, or crushing it. it, or stepping on it, or swatting it with his tail. You know, Godzilla things. Yep. <laughs> and you can never ever make him talk. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is this is also not to imply there is a Godzilla escape room because there isn't one. <laughs> no, you just uh, happen yeah. to know all the uh, all the IP rights. That, yes, uh... <laughs> I have a whole list. Uh, there's lots of other ones, like for Korra. Um, you know, which teams we get to use and. You know what the colors for, are for that. For, all sorts of we stuff. did a WWE game, and uh, we wanted to make it it um, with men and women wrestlers, and they immediately said, "No, we can't have re- women and men wrestle together." And so we had to pitch it like, "Well, what if we came? It came with six male and six female, so you could only play a six-player game with female or only six with male." Although in the rules, it wouldn't say that. You do whatever you damn well wanted to. Right. And they bought it, and they're like, "Okay, cool, I'll do that." <laughs> Right, so, so it comes the thing is, they can they, they will never say, so WWE will never say, you can use those together, but they will not say that you can't. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, won't, they won't say, yes, do that, but they will not say, don't do that. Yeah. Interesting. It's yeah, all yeah, yeah. very sorted. You get forgiveness, world. but not permission. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're a dad. You know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I know your kids. Rotten kids. Rotten kids. <laughs> yeah, so working in IP is interesting because you get all those sort of weird little historical tidbits and, and facts and And a nice like and a nice like Bible asset guideline of just as Basem was saying, just pages and pages of art. And sometimes it's it's like posters that we've never seen before or just like fonts or weird things and then sometimes it's just stills from the movie but sometimes for Scooby-Doo it was like here's a bunch of different types of backgrounds here's a bunch of different types of wallpapers that you'd see yeah. in there like it was just yeah, and, tons and, of stuff and they're, they're like literally bibles and so if you ever look at like uh, uh, DC Heroes deck builder uh, by Cryptozoic and you look at the art, you're like, oh, I've seen that art before. And, oh, I've seen that art before. Oh, look, that's the same art that they use in this other thing. It's because DC only licenses that particular picture for, say, Harlequin or something, right? So they, they are the same pieces that get brought around because to go back and get approval for another piece is you're asking to slow down process by like weeks, if not months, to get a single art piece given the okay. So I have artists that work on Star Wars. I have artist friends that work on Star Wars and uh, Star, Star Wars revisions uh, for the same piece that they normally give like a two revision thing for, like in the price range. Same price, you get two revisions. If you want to draw for Star Wars, you have to give them like seven or eight revisions. It's ridiculous. Wow. Which wow. is a lot, which is a lot. So that that is like 
for the same price, you're basically quadrupling the time that you're spending on it. And did you hear, being it back to escape rooms, they just announced uh, an unlocked uh, an unlocked game oh, yeah, of, Star uh, based Wars. on Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I just saw that. Saw that. <laughs> That'll be exciting. Possibly. I'm curious how story-ish it'll be, or if it'll just be things in the Star Wars world. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, if they have the app, maybe they can do something with that, right? So, I don't know. Well, I can't imagine uh, yeah. that, you know, Unlock is... I, I mean, you never know, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like the Wizard of Oz, but I think in regards to that, the, the IP material was... Actually, it was used not badly, and it was an interesting game, but it's not like it... Was it IP? Well, I mean, it, sorry, not IP. It was more like they used the characters to... Yeah, I just mean like it's based on the book, so I feel yeah. like that's that whatever statute of limitations. Oh yeah, that's out. gone. That's that that's yeah. worn off for that. That's so. free yeah. reign. Yeah. It'll yeah, which is why you'll see a lot of Alice in Wonderland and yeah, like and happening. and Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock Holmes, and Conan. <laughs> some of some of Conan, uh, John Carter of Mars, all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. So you have you're you're at least in this for another four games where. You probably won't, you can't say. However, I also noticed that a lot of the card games and such, they have, they need, because they're putting out so many different puzzle designers. Because the hard thing is, is after a while, you, you don't really want to use the same puzzles over and over again. And, it, and it's difficult coming with different incarnations of puzzles. It really, really is. Puzzles. Oh, oh, <laughs> now, now take that and try to make it fit a story. About characters that people have preconceived notions about mm-hmm. that can't that can't eat things or speak English ever. <laughs> not a Godzilla game. Not a Godzilla. Game. <laughs> uh, cool. So, do you do you try to bring in other puzzle designers as well? Uh, not yet, but I mean, if you're if you're if you're offering, maybe because that, that is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is it's, actually the hard thing, um, is once we get the story laid out, it's like, okay, now what kind of puzzle could be there? And we yes. sit up like for two hours every other night type of stuff. Jay and I sit there and go, okay, what is this going to be? And we haven't even, we don't, we haven't done a thing on it yet. You know, that kind of stuff. We're just thinking what kind of puzzle would fit in this kind of room with these types of characters telling this kind of story? Because they're not something that you've seen on the screen that it didn't exist. Scooby-Doo yep. is easy because it did exist. Like there's all sorts of right. weird and wacky puzzles in those in those haunted houses, right? But in The Shining, there there really wasn't. So what could it be? Right. Uh, and yeah. so we we did a lot of really cool stuff, actually. I think in The Shining that will sort of expand uh, maybe how people think about the IP. Um, maybe people will get more interested in actually maybe reading the book or seeing the second movie, which really isn't a sequel, but it is. Um, Doctor Sleep. And maybe there'll be some, you know, that's that's kind of what it is. And it's it's funny. A lot of people who were testers for the Scooby-Doo game said, yeah, after I w- played it, I had to go back and, you know, download the first, you know, full season of Scooby-Doo or whatever and watch it because it was just awesome. So they just wanted to relive the nostalgic value of a lot of the IPs that we're working with, which is exactly what the licensors want too, right? They want their IP to kind of live forever. Well, we're coming up on an hour. Wow. So, talked for an hour, so... Not too much for you, Mad Pants? No, no, no. We haven't even gone down the nostalgic route yet. 
We barely talked about Monty Python. <laughs> exactly. There were, there were so back. You know the why we started getting into board games. I do remember that we wanted to play board games together, and we didn't want it to be Risk Monopoly again. So that's why we started researching other games. We started with Supremacy. We did start with Supremacy, and it was great because we, we never we actually, it before. Actually, we were so poor. I think we split the cost of that between like a, a bunch of us. <laughs> yeah, we like, did. We did. Like me, you, Bingo, Jay. I think was like everybody put in twenty bucks and let's buy this thing because it yeah. was expensive. It was at the time. It was a huge game, and it's like we, buying Gloomhaven now. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it was like bet. eighty. It was eighty bucks. Like nine, nine. Well, how long was that? Thirty years ago, right? Oh. Yeah, and that's not even with the expansions. Yeah, and I don't think any of us would play a game like that anymore, based on our own. But it was good back then because it added so many different types of decisions that uh, those kind of games didn't have yeah, at the and time. Then, and then it was Bonanza. No, no, uh, Settlers Usurp came it. first. Yeah, well, yeah, but, but Catan I think, came first. I think the first one that you introduced me to wasn't Catan. Yes, yeah, probably. It was like Usurpe or Bonanza. Oh, did I? Did I introduce you to? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you probably don't know that game. Super, I can't even pronounce it. It was what a cute it? little, um, it's like primordial ooze, yeah, where you're oh, okay. amoebas and paramecium and you poop out cubes. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I've not played that game, no, it's a Frank old. and Doris game, yeah. yeah. They're the same people who did Frank Zoo and Mew and Mare, and I don't mm-hmm. know if you know those games. <laughs> I do not know those games. I'm so I'm still I'm still a baby to the board game. I was I did have a diva moment the other day though, which was, which was bad, but why? Uh, what'd you I, do? What'd you do? Spell. Uh, I'm back on on Hinge, the dating app. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. We haven't had dating talks in a long time. I'm glad you and, brought it up. Uh, <laughs> and, well, the guy said, he's like, I'm super dirty about board games and stuff. And I'm like, oh, fun. What board games have you been playing? And inevitably it came up, Settlers of Catan. And I was like, oh. And you're not even, it's not even called Settlers of Catan anymore. So maybe he's he called... is old school. Maybe he is old school. Maybe he is old school. Ooh. Maybe he is. I didn't respond yet, so I didn't like... What are you I, waiting I, for? I only judged him silently. But <laughs> <laughs> and maybe he listens to this podcast. Yes. I, I Doubtful. Want, I, now I want to know. Now I want the running update. Like, you know, on... <laughs> Man pants, but he's already got—he's already got the open door. Like he—it's going to be so easy to introduce him to all these yeah, other like, games. Why don't you introduce him to? I know, I that know. Way. That's how I do view it. Just, usually, just, it was just, just that day. I was like, uh, I don't didn't bring feel a radio to be no like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't so bring a radio If it makes you feel any better, actually, I don't know why it would make you feel any better. You should hear my <laughs> rant on Mythos Tales. Oh, I despise that game. Oh so yeah, much. why would that make me feel better? Yeah, it wouldn't make you feel no. any better. Yeah. Uh, that's I hate my Mythos guilt Tales game. more than I hate Rebel It's Rebel in that Nights. cupboard right now. Shame it, shame itself. <laughs> Which one was Mythos Tales? Oh, oh, it was like they. It's like it's like they tried to take the Sherlock Holmes Consulting. Yes, detective I have and, it. Uh, okay. Yeah, and I, I like Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Me too. And what I didn't just, you like about Mythos Tales? It was I'm, didn't matter what you did because it was there was uh, no logic to you choosing one or the other. It's like this makes sense to do. No, you die. Oh. Yeah, like you might say, like, okay, well, let's, like, in Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, you might be like, okay, well, so-and-so said that this suspect went to the store, so let's go check out that store. In Mythos <clears throat> Tales, you do the same thing, but you go to the store, and... Your if you face die, gets bitten and off. You're, yeah, there's a vampire there, they bite you, and you die. You're like, oh, crap. <laughs> 
So there, there wasn't as much logic to it. You couldn't, you couldn't. I've predict. only played the first, the, through the first book, uh, the first story in that one. So yeah, I didn't get much further. And so I found, like, for example, with Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, you know, they will mention something, and then another person will go, wait, I read that in the newspaper. And then you go to the newspaper, and you see, like, oh, they're playing here. And so you, then you go and find that location, and you go, and then you discover something. And it's like, ah, that was exciting, because it was like you... You put you put you correlated all this evidence yeah. and you found it and it was triangulation just exciting. of evidence. What yeah. what's not exciting about getting your face bitten off by Cthulhu vampires? <laughs> I guess it's exciting if you know you live through uh, and you get to be a cool vampire after the fact. Yeah. But mm. anyway, you know, sorry, when you just die, it's not. We, as cool. we we took you away from your dating times, man. Pants. Well, that was it. You you know. TBD, TBD. Oh, okay. So this could be a running thing in every episode. Oh, yeah. Just, I mentioned a, man, a dating a story of some sort. <laughs> Only if it involves a game or escape rooms of some sort. There you go. Make sure it does. So what else is coming up for you, Sun and Jay? Um, I mean, Kingdom things Rush that you're allowed out. to talk about. Yeah, Kingdom Rush is off to the printers, so it'll be out soon. Mind management, oh, nice. Mind of course, management. is huge for us. Yeah. Um, you know we're we're still designing other games for other publishers, and um, yeah, a bunch of RPGs coming out. So my RPG is coming out in J- July on Kickstarter. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Lots, Lots of writing. Of stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm writing a screenplay based on that RPG. Ooh. I don't know why. Because I thought. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, doesn't need it, to yeah. be a why. Yeah, it it was just fun to do. So it's like. I didn't know anything about screenwriting, and I just started learning about it a little bit, and then I got writing it, so it's interesting. Yeah. Maybe someday it'll be, become something. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for, for joining us today and for you know sharing sharing your experience with Scooby-Doo. I can't wait to play it. Yay. It sounds like fun. There's so many questions I have, too, but I know we don't have enough time. And we're not a board what? game podcast. So, That's true. You know, just the, so what's it like starting a publishing company? What's it like trying right. to get IP for your board game? What's it like? Try, you know, there's all sorts of fun questions I could ask, but <laughs> it's already been an hour and I oh, could go no. on forever. So, this well, is, one uh, day you, you can come on our show and inter- interview us instead. <laughs> <laughs> I should. You know what? I should do that yeah. for you. I can go and interview and all this in all this fun stuff on Meeple Syrup Studios. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Meeple Syrup's show. <laughs> so where can people find information about each of you? If they want to learn more. I'll probably put it in the show notes, but maybe there's an easy place to find all this stuff. You know, or maybe not. Maybe you have five billion URLs and it's just impossible now. I'm literally somebody who always says I'll put stuff in show notes and I never do. <laughs> somebody has to like make me do it. But uh, okay, so if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Senfung Lim, and <clears throat> most often you can find me on Facebook uh, at Meeple Syrup. So the just look up Meeple Syrup, M E E P L E Syrup, as in the stuff you pour on your pancakes. And that should get you to the Meeple Syrup Show and the Meeple Syrup Shop Talk page, which is where we talk about games and game design and stuff like that. And I can be found at uh, Off the Page Games, which is the publishing brand that I started to start up with a mind management board game. And uh, so that's on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and the website, offthepagegames.com. 
Thank you. Cool. That's cool. Okay, man pants, talk us out before I start asking another question. Okay, Room Escape Davis is brought to you by Inverse Genius. You can go to inversegenius.com to find other fun podcasts if the just like guy this is one. Or Hinge, sorry. Hinge. Nope. <laughs> uh, you can also email us at roomescapedivas at gmail.com. Man checks it for you Hinge people. <sighs> okay. <laughs> We love getting emails, not just me. Uh, we can go to our Facebook page, click the like button. <laughs> no, don't you dare. He's just thinking what? of the next hinge joke. <laughs> Shut up. Um, uh, I'm glad you brought it up. I didn't even know. I know, I'm I wasn't a fool. even thinking about it. I'm victim blaming myself again. Okay. Um, uh, go to the Facebook page, click the like button on the Roomscape Divas Facebook page. For the rest of the month of June, we are having weekly meetups uh, with the community. Uh, Friday evenings at 6.30pm Eastern Standard Time. And or Eastern Daylight. Or Eastern time. Daylight Time. Just uh, just look up what time zone Toronto is. You know, it's really hard <laughs> now with that because there have been things that I've missed because like, I'm an hour uh, ahead or behind. It's like, oh, no. oh crumbs. You know? That's what, that just happened last week to Jay. Yeah, I know. It's horrible, isn't it? Be- because, well, and, and it's because of your home province, Errol, because Saskatchewan, <laughs> Saskatchewan yes. <laughs> doesn't change time relative to everybody else the same way. We Look don't. get that. It's weird. It was so confusing to me when people were doing it. I was thinking, what's happening? Is this just some game we play because we want to fool ourselves? I had no idea this was a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> Just not it's it's a, it's a it's been a a very long puzzle in the making and we're just finally waiting for you to solve yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never solve it. And if you are using Twitter, you could use the hashtag redivas. Thanks guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.